Yeah, it's the art pros. What's up? <laughs> it's lit. It's a weird pause at the end of that. I kind of scared myself. Live from Baltimore, Baltimore. It's the art pros. Welcome. It's us. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Your favorite podcast, the smoothest Filipino intern leaders, teachers, professors, bosses you've ever had. We're never going to call you out for being late. We're never going to call you out for yeah. for asking for your paycheck early. We're never going to call you out for stealing from the register. Man, we've, we're so cool. Yeah, we are really cool. It just uh, All right, all right. All right, let's get, let's get this stuff out of the way. www.artprospodcast.com. Take a look. You'll find a whole bunch of information on there. Go uh, visit our Instagram. We got some funny pictures on there at paidartists.com. And if you want more great content like this, go check out patreon.com slash art pros podcast and give us like i don't know give us some attention give, give us, us five stars on itunes give us 10 stars on spotify go check us out on on Castbox, stitcher heart fm tell your friends if you made it this far into the podcast tell, tell your friends and then turn it off yeah yeah anyway so today is a is a special day because today we're actually um Doing a very original podcast about theft. Theft? Plagiarism. Yeah. Copying. Copying. I- idea theft, content theft is a big thing these days. Uh, a lot of YouTubers are getting taken off platforms. A lot of artists will complain when other artists steal their shit. And as creators, you guys probably have felt a tinge of anger or jealousy when maybe you came up with a cool character. You're like, yeah, dude, this guy, he shoots spikes from his hands. His hair's on <laughs> fire. You drew him real dope. And then, you know, the kid, the kid next to you, Ted, next to you, he comes up with a character named Ichiroga. And his hair is kind of on fire. It's like embers. And his hands shoot out pointy fingernails. And you're like, I don't know, man. That, that sounds like my shit that I'm doing. Yeah, um, dang, that's crazy, man. It's crazy because um, I lost. All right, all right, all right. What? What? Have you ever had an idea stolen, Renz? Well, no, I don't know. Maybe. I, I not. I mean, usually, I, as an artist, I feel like I'm a one stealing ideas. And that's what makes it so difficult as a creator to uh, determine whether your intellectual labor has been has been taken because it is a game of theft in the art world it is a lot of it is about taking influence and repurposing an idea into making something new so so today we're going to skirt the line we're going to try and figure out and and identify originality identify what makes something original in a world that is dependent on sharing ideas yeah. All right. I apologize for that brain fart earlier. I feel like my um, my mind was stolen for a second. Someone was starting to feel like someone plagiarized my brain. I'm getting a little jumbled here. But a little coffee. Yeah. Um, okay. We're talking about plagiarism today. We got a couple interesting uh, topics that we wanted to go through. We're gonna go through this guy named Beltracci. Beltracci, if you hadn't known known about him, is a he's a master art forger. And, you know, that's just the start of it. This guy, he, uh, he forged uh, over $100 million in classic artworks. And he sold them, passed them off as a master artwork. And, yep, so that's that guy. We're going to talk about other forms of plagiarism. We're going to talk about how, to, how it affects you, how you can forge yourself to make $100 million, <laughs> and m- much, much more. So stick around. So... First off, we'll get this out of the way. Plagiarism is defined as the practice of taking someone else's work or ideas and passing them off as one's own. It could be as simple as copying your friend's homework for a class or as complex as finding someone's graphic design and drawing a beard on their character and then selling it to uh, like an illustration book or something. <laughs> yeah. We saw an uh, instance of that. All right, so so this happens a lot on the internet. It happens a lot on uh, when you post your stuff online for free. You're going to find some internet predators out there who are ready to steal your creative juice, your creative uh, 
what, what do they call it, Gage? Creative property? Yeah. Creative license? Your intellectual property. Your intellectual property. And because they're, they're uh, the, the big company, you're just a little guy, they're going to feel safe. You know, if you try to sue them, uh, the, you know, they probably have enough money to say, oops, we didn't mean to do that. Or like they probably can find some loopholes to uh, steal your ideas. And this happens very, very often. For um, example, Drake chastised Walgreens and Macy's on Instagram for selling clothing emblazoned with YOLO. Or you only live once. To quote uh, Aubrey, he says, Walgreens, you got to either chill or cut the check. The Canadian singer and rapper wrote this under a photo of baseball caps with YOLO printed on them. Macy's, same goes for you. He wrote under another photo of a t-shirt that pictures Charlie Brown and Snoopy and the words YOLO is my motto. For those of you who are unfamiliar with uh, Aubrey Graham's work, Drake had a song that came... Uh, that came out called the motto, and in in the uh, in the song he coined the phrase YOLO, which has found its way into you know the public domain through slang usage. But he d- is the originator, supposedly, of of the acronym "You Only Live Once." Yeah, but did he trademark it? He didn't trademark it, and that's the thing is like um, it's hard to trademark. Well, it's hard to copyright single words. But you can definitely trademark them, and I think that I think that because that song is how that word gained popularity and how the phrase gained popularity, specifically YOLO, not "You Only Live Once." I think that that would I would consider that something that Drake created. See, that's where it gets complicated. Is when it gets legal. Yeah, because when it gets legal, that's when the big companies can hide behind their law team. And pretty much steal your stuff because you didn't protect it somehow. And I don't know how to protect artwork exactly besides, you know, making it like putting legal ownership over it with your own sort of trademark laws, just getting it copyrighted somehow if you, ha- uh, if you create an entity. But that's something we could definitely go into later. Uh, so... In this instance, we were talking about art getting stolen from Tumblr, from other internet sources, Instagram, whatever. When you post something for free online, when you don't protect yourself somehow, um, you're going to make yourself susceptible to that, especially the more followers you get or whatever, the more people start seeing your stuff. You know, uh, well, so so that's the that's both a legal dilemma and an ethical dilemma. I mean, you know, conventionally if we're talking if we're if we're if these companies were moral and ethical and 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 they if they were good people as we would say they wouldn't do anything like that you know what i mean they'd ask you for permission they'd be like hey knock knock artist uh artist on tumblr i noticed that you uh your work isn't protected but we want to use it can we give you money but they don't do that instead they're like oh look this work isn't protected scoop it up because it's good well, see, I think of like, um, and before I go into this, like from creator to creator, there tends to be a level of mutual respect. You know, everyone's trying to make it. And obviously there are people who, who break that chain of command where it's like, if I'm going to copy someone's per- thing outright, I'm going to get called out for it. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try and repurpose it into my own thing. But you have companies like Zara, you know, like a popular, I don't know, cultural brand. I think they make clothing and and pins and shit who who steal the work of who recently got flack lately for stealing the work of tuesday bassin and i mean we're talking about like identical copies like like i'm looking at a picture and we'll post this of tuesday bassin's work next to zara's copy where um tuesday bassin is an illustrator who made like pins and stuff and zara was literally doing the same exact thing putting it on their clothing and when she reached out when she had her lawyer reach out, Zara claimed that because she's an indie artist and not even enough people know her and they're a major corporation, they have the right to take it. And that's fucked up. Um, but there's also inter-artist plagiarism that happens, uh, you know, two different people. For example, just recently a lawsuit was settled between um, Jeff Koons and an ad man. Let's see if I can find the ad man's name. But essentially, Jeff Koons had seen some photographs 
uh, from an ad campaign in France of a woman laying next to a pig uh, laying down in like a snowfield. And the lawsuit was essentially about how uh, how Jeffrey Kuhn's sculpture of the same content of a woman that looks the same, has the same haircut, but it's a sculpture laying down in a snowfield with some penguins and some flowers and then a pig put into it, how that was essentially like copyright infringement. And and that type of thing happens. And that's between two two artists. Like even though the uh, non-Jeff Koons artist was doing it for an ad campaign that was still both stolen content and concept, you know? Right, right. So that's part of the, uh, when you get to that level, you can protect your intellectual property and kind of specify it in, in the symbol. So, so the, these two images, I'll describe it for everyone, but you could also look at the link. Well, the, the ad is using a real pig, presumably it looks like a real pig, and there's a woman laying down next to the pig, and she looks like a real woman. However, you look at the Jeff Koons quote-unquote copy, and the pig is actually made out of what looks like ceramic, and the lady is also ceramic, but they're laying down in the same exact position as what the photo displays. It's the same composition, except one is a photo, and the other is a three-dimensional object. And what we're trying to say is that that is plagiarism because it's close enough. I guess the artist who made the ad said my intellectual property is this image as well as the composition of this image, which is a lady and a pig looking exactly like how it looks in this picture. Ladies laying down and the pigs laying down or like standing up next to it with their heads like close together. Well, the ad campaign was even the same name as Jeff Koons' sculpture. Ooh. Yeah, and not only that, but Jeff Koons' sculpture was worth a whopping four to six million dollars stealing the content and concept. And all that, uh, all that David, David DeVici was asking for was 135,000. David DeVici, that's the dude that made Mona Lisa. Yeah, gotcha. I think. Gotcha. So, well, you know, well, stuff like that happens. Like, is, I mean, he made it into a sculpture. Jeff Koons turned that into a sculpture. Uh, the pig was wearing flowers in his sculpture, and there was penguins in his sculpture, but it was clearly, clearly derived from the same ad campaign. It, it was yeah. someone else's intellectual property. But does something need to be an identical copy for it to be plagiarism? I don't um. know. All right, let me ask you this. You know that artist who was, um, po his art was like basically screenshots of Instagram posts. I forgot what that guy's name is. What were they screenshots of? They, was, they were literally like pictures of Instagram posts of people. But like, like, like people's selfies or something? Yeah, just, yeah, I don't, you don't remember that? Well, it, no. it was like, it looked like, like an, a post like this. Oh, okay. But it was blown up. The McPickle? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't memes. It was like pictures of people. That's weird. Okay, hold on. I got to find this because I'm sure a lot, a uh, few of our viewers know their name. But like, so I'm just going to give the example without finding this guy's name. I'll find it later. He basically took other people's Instagram posts, like pretty much made a screenshot and blew up the post really big and displayed a bunch of different people's posts in the same way in the gallery. And that makes it difficult because the intention of the original Instagram post wasn't, like, was in the context of it being an Instagram, but it wasn't about Instagram posts, if that makes sense. So, like, he blew up, for example, like, an image of someone's selfie, but it was more so about Instagram being used as a platform for selfies rather than the content of the of the post. But in art, do you care more about the content or or the actual idea behind an object? Well, I don't know, because that relates to what happened with Jeff Koons. Yeah. So he got the idea of the content. That is plagiarism. But then this guy did the same thing, pretty much. Like, is is the post an idea of a content? Or, or I mean, it sounds like they're doing something very similar as what Jeff did with this guy in his photo. Interestingly so enough, yeah. um, in copyright law... You're allowed to steal someone's content and idea, but it's the form of the expression that is uh, culpable. So it sounds to me that 
this guy blowing up someone else's Instagram post, even though the content and the idea, like the intellectual idea behind his presentation is different from someone's selfie, simply by merit merit of it being the selfie, it should be, uh, you know, against Instagram's copyright. Because anything you post on Instagram belongs to Instagram. It doesn't belong to the poster. Hmm. See, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, when you get to the legal property part of it plagiarism just you know that just ends up being a word it's just a description for something that happens legally or illegally yeah or illegally whatever i'm getting confused what we're really talking about here is if they're trying to steal it directly right like yeah whatever what is it that they're stealing plagiarism is contingent on the idea of if it whether or not you're allowed to do it yeah. But when you steal something, it doesn't matter if you're allowed to do it. Well, it's important to note that you need to pass it off as your own. Yeah. Right? So I guess that the guy who was stealing the Instagram posts wasn't passing off the Instagram post as his own. He was passing off the idea of blowing up the Instagram posts and presenting them as his own idea. Yeah, but that's where, you see, that's where the controversy lies. Like someone like you might understand it as that. But what if you what what if you blew up one of your posts and you really didn't want them to? Or like I had planned that post, money. yeah, and I had planned that post to be within the context of Instagram and like about what he was talking about. Richard Prince. Oh yeah, Richard Prince. I yeah. found it because that's like the worst keywords to look for. Yeah, Instagram <laughs> post artist artist makes art out of Instagram, Instagram posts. posts. Yeah, like, that's like everything. I found it. Okay. Richard Prince. Sorry, I forgot. I didn't remember his name. Not very memorable. Like, look, they're very yeah, like they're pictures yeah. of like models posting themselves or something, and then. And I've seen similar works of like people blowing up grinder posts and stuff, where it's like yeah, yeah like chats on grinder things like, like I, that. I get what I get it. I get what you're saying. It's conceptual. Art. Yeah, it's conceptual. Art. But come on, Richard. Come on, man. yeah. I mean, that's that's someone's uh, someone else's expression that you're taking and you're mocking and pointing a finger at. I'm sure there's older episodes where we contradict us poo pooing Richard Prince, but for today's episode, we're talking about idea theft, and I'm gonna say let's let's brand it. You think he stole it? You think it's stolen? No, I don't know. I honestly like see. I'm still stumped. I'm stumped because it's legally confusing. Um, I'm stumped because conceptually I kind of agree, but then on the other hand, I don't agree because I don't like the art yeah. either. <laughs> like to a point I get it. Like I get what his idea is, but you can really achieve the, something similar without just being lazy and blatantly. <sighs> I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. I wish I could talk more about it, but on the surface, which is really, you know, a perfect way to look at this. Most people aren't going to dive deep like we do, 15 whole minutes a day. Yeah. It's a lot. 15 whole minutes. Yeah. But like, let's say I'm just scrolling through and I see this uh, really interesting article on my feed that says exactly, oh, Richard Prince, controversy. He's posting, uh, he's making art out of other people's Instagram posts. I'm just going to look at it and think, oh, man, that's so lame. You know, he's stealing other people's posts and yeah, making his it. own work. You dive deep into it, it gets complex, it gets sticky. Because it's like, I don't know, like, do I even care about this? <laughs> do I want him to convince me that this is legit? Do I want the legal matter, like, matters to affect the actual, like, first impression that I got? Which is, wow, this is kind of, like, lame. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this, like, viral right now? I get it. I get why it's viral, and it's still lame. So there's there's that's one aspect of uh, you know, plagiarism in the art world. But what about a whole different one? What about Wolfgang Petrachi? All right, who was so, number one plagiarizer? See now you see why I paused it all weird in the beginning. This topic <laughs> is so confusing to me. There's so much to it, and let me. All right, we talked about one aspect, the Instagram guy. Now we're gonna talk about Beltrachi, who we prefaced earlier. As being an art forger, this guy Beltrachi, there's a movie about him. We'll post about this too. It's called Beltrachi, the art of forgery. Whoa, so creative. Forgery. 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 And he forged allegedly many, many different famous artworks from dead 
artists, dead, very famous, historically, uh, historical artists like Max Ernst and a few other people that Pablo Picasso, whose names I didn't recognize. So, all right. So he's forging these works. He's incredibly good at it. They look just like the paintings. They're accurate up to the level that he's using paints and colors and pigments that that actual painter used during the time they were alive. So he'd never used anything that didn't exist in this painter's time period. And he was so successful that allegedly he he sold over a million dollars worth of paint forgeries, painting forgeries, because he passed them off as, you know, this 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 famous artist from a long time ago. Uh, uh, this uh, this painting was never seen before, but definitely Max Ernst painted this painting. Uh, Pablo Picasso made this a long time ago. Paul Clay. This is a Paul Clay painting from a long time ago that's never been seen, and I'll sell it to you for $5 million. That's it. <laughs> Whoa. Sweet. Well, what's the catch? You know, I, I, see, so he was good enough to make it look like the painting. He was good enough to legally make you know get a certificate of authenticity and he was also good enough that he made a few drawings by this uh, famous surrealist painter named Max Ernst. And at the time, Max Ernst's wife was still alive. And these appraisers showed it to his wife. And his, uh, his wife said, yep, that's definitely Max's paintings. The, the, he, that's his signature. Um, he would draw objects like that all the time. I, I, you know, he's drawn so much that... Uh, I don't know how I've, I'm not seeing all of his drawings, but looking at that, I'm convinced and I'm 100% sure that those are his works when really this Beltrachi dude drew them and they looked so good it fooled his wife. And that's so interesting to me because Beltrachi didn't copy existing stuff. He, he fabricated ideas that he figured people would, like he figured that these artists would have done and he did yeah. them so accurate that it fooled people. And in a sense, those are original artworks by Beltracci. He just happens to sign them with someone else's name and fraudulently <laughs> call them, you know, say that they were made by Picasso Ooh. or by Max Ernst, but they are original works. He didn't look at one of their works and be like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do the best uh, Starry Night. I'm going to do it so good that they're going to question whether the MoMA has the real one or not. Like he fucking made Starry Day. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's that's the wild part. I mean, you're going to have to do something like that. You're going to have to be that good to fool other people. Like, It's completely plausible that uh, as an art appraiser and even an art historian that you haven't seen a drawing that um, uh, Jasper Johns made. Yeah. I don't look at his drawings. I only know about the famous artworks. The, the right? flags, man. Yeah, but even a drawing, a legit drawing by by chuck close could be up to five figures worth ten thousand dollars for a little drawing on a piece of computer paper it's yellowing the fucking pencils fading yeah you got his dna on it it's not even framed no he drew it with his teeth it's completely plausible if you cover all the bases that this guy did he got it appraised he used the same type of paper he knows that uh chuck close used to shop at office max on 53rd street so he researched, all right, uh, 53rd Street, they sold this type, of, this type of Office Depot paper. I'm going to use that type of Office Depot paper and make it look like it's 50 years old. Now, he didn't forge any uh, Chuck Close drawings as far as, I'm, uh, as far as I know, but that's the level of detail he did for all the other stuff that he sold. And he was making bank off that. How much did you say he estimated the value of his paintings to be? You mean the value of the total number he's forged and sold? Yeah. Oh, well, he said he... People think that he's forged over 50 paintings. He says he's done like 56, but he was only charged... Oh, by the way, he got arrested. He got in trouble for it. He just got out 2015. <laughs> yep, and he was arrested in jail for three out of the six years that he was supposed to be there. Talk about the lightest sentence for $100 million yep. worth of theft. And they... He only admitted to like six paintings. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a thing. So there's a there's a little bit of controversy. People think that he got himself caught on purpose so he can get a little bit more recognition because it's not him that's getting more famous as a painter. It's his forgeries themselves, which are 
paintings by other people. So he's not getting any credit. He's just getting rich from and, lying. So like stealing. This leads me to a a different thought of like, all right, so legally he was stealing people's identity essentially. It was like this is a matter of identity theft. Fraud. But he made original paintings. So do you think that the works themselves outside of the legal system are do you think that's plagiarism? Um because he didn't copy the actual object. No, I don't think I don't well, your plagiar the only thing that I can think of as being anything close to plagiarism is like the signature yeah. of that painter. The style is a blatant copy. If it if the drawing and or painting he made was similar enough in style, but different enough from the other works, but convincing enough to be sold, that's a different painting in the same style, but while using and stealing someone else's name. So the idea itself isn't plagiarism, but by stealing that person's name, it's theft, but not exactly plagiarism. I'm thinking of it in terms of like an essay. Yeah. By in essays, if you copy a paragraph exactly, you're going to get a zero on that paper if you get caught. Yeah. But if you want to use a paragraph from another thing and you don't quote it if at, with a source and just move stuff around, that's technically a little bit of plagiarism. You know what I mean? Like your teacher's still going to be like, you changed this sentence. You changed one word in three sentences. <laughs> you know, like. You're using the word uh, difficult instead of hard. Yeah. <laughs> In that case... Insurmountable. Yeah. If the sentence structure is the same, but a few of the adjectives and adverbs are different, technically still the same word, would that teacher consider it plagiarism? Yeah, I or think they're supposed to. paragraph, yeah. It just depends on whether you think the object or the intent is, is more valuable as intellectual property. That's a tricky one. That's a tricky question you just asked. I do think it is unique in a sense. I, I do think it takes a lot of skills. I don't think it's an exact plagiarism, but I, it's also obviously stealing. In, uh, in copyright law, it says that for something to be copyrighted, it needs to demonstrate an amount of labor or skill. So, like, for example, you couldn't really copyright, like, a shitty drawn uh, smiley face. Yeah. Unless you became so famous that your exact smiley face was the one that um that got popular. Like your exact drawing of a smiley face, but you couldn't copyright like the concept of a smiley face because it didn't require intellectual labor to come up with it. And it also falls under fair use because people have been making smiley faces forever. Yeah. Damn. Alright, so let's bring it from the macro to the micro. You and I, we're in a we're in a draw a figure drawing class together. And yeah. I'm like watching you. You work in like vine charcoal and like Renz. Everyone's sitting around being like, "Damn, Renz does the best. Renz does the best figure drawings." Like, look, he he erases into the drawing and he catches all the details, and it's got his own style to it. And then I come in, and I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm furious. I wanted to be the best artist. I want to draw like Renz, and I just start drawing like you. And I really, really, really make an effort to draw just like you and then it starts to leach into my other stuff drawing and painting and technically i'm not claiming you made them i'm making it and i was inspired by you to draw like you but i draw so much like you that i kind of reduce our market i reduce the value of both of our works is that a problem from from peer to peer do you consider that a problem no no you don't no. think so i don't i don't because people are allowed to draw what they want yeah and it's different from the beltrachi example because he was stealing the other person's name and making millions yeah and trying to profit else's. off of it yeah he was profiting off of this history that this other person worked really hard to do me i'm just in a life drawing class i'm drawing in a particular style and you thought it was cool enough to draw your own in, in your own work and use in your own work and me who knows who i looked at and to, to learn how to draw that style. Yeah, you also, might have taken that from someone else. It's to me, to me, I think that there's a level of sharing that's necessary and healthy in the environment as artists. Uh, it happens a lot in hip hop work where um, uh, some some rap songs would sample an older, you know, we all know it. Sampling is big. 
It's like kind of like an homage. And in that example, it's not exactly the same. It's a little twist. In Gage's example, he's not, he's not claiming he's adding a twist. He's claiming that the work and the style is the same. But that's still a point of inspiration where, you know, who knows? Maybe one day Gage will figure like, all right, now I'm starting to pick up that the value of both of these styles is going down. Now I can't really, you know, it's not the same as, uh, yeah, I can't really sell this work because it's just, it looks too much like this other person's art. Maybe that artist will figure out, oh, maybe I'll start, instead of painting dank figure drawings, I'll start painting dank figure drawings, but they're wearing hats. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> wearing hats somewhere or, or something like that. Or I'm going to start using blue, blue chalk instead of vine charcoal. Maybe. Yeah. And, and interns, that's a normal process of, of you seeing someone whose work you admire, whose work is well-received, and you taking things from it that you like, and maybe your first like 10 or 15 works look almost identical to their works. But then eventually you start to kind of branch away from it because you learned what you had to learn from them as an artist and you realized it wasn't what you wanted to do and you move forward. Yeah, I think it's completely normal to imitate artists. And in, in a way, when I was I, I had taken a few painting classes in community college and that was actually one of our assignments is to take a master copy of a portrait. It was like our final for painting one. Yeah. Was to find a master portrait and copy it to see how close we can get to it. And by doing that, you're able to understand how they replicated what you liked about it. Yeah. And then, and therefore you would be able to understand how to recreate that look if you wanted to paint in that way. It's just a stepping stone. And that's to me a normal way. It's not plagiarizing. There is a uh, copying involved, but it's not, predatory or or toxic well let's let's say i'm so um let's say i'm a sociopath <laughs> let's just say that okay. okay and uh i take it a step further so we have this life drawing class together and like all right i, I bit your style and you're all cool about it because you know you're a good guy you're, you're a normal functioning human being and you're like but you apply that style to uh paintings of you know people drowning from floods in India and like that or people people you know in Manila suffering from from flood damage mm -hmm. and like that's what you make your art about and I'm like damn friends making a lot of fucking money right now people buying that shit they they really care about the Philippines right now I want some of that I'm Filipino I could do that and I start I start drawing exactly that people uh <laughs> people suffering from flood damages in in the philippines but i i put a hat on them <laughs> <laughs> now do you think that 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 starts to tread the line of like a lack of originality maybe it depends on why you put the hat on that person damn dude you you're know? really out here with the art shit i'm just saying like <laughs> let's say you did do that and let's say uh, we had shows at the same time at different galleries with the exact same works, exact same concept, exact same figures, composition, size, scale, everything. The only difference was your artwork had the the people who were drowning wearing hats of your favorite baseballer or something <laughs> like that, right? That's a totally different narrative. I would go to that show and look at it and be like, dang, that's even crazier, like... Is that the Ravens? Yeah. Hell yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but then they're like drowning. And the, 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 the whole messaging totally evolves into a different perception. In one, in my show, you go there, it's dramatic. It's, uh, it's, it's representing real life damage to a country and its people. And then you go to the other show, it's representing that, but then it adds this other element of of capitalism american Baseball. consumerism yeah. <laughs> destroying the philippines and that one tiny detail that you added is big enough true that's a good point so what makes what makes me different from richard prince in that then what well the difference is that richard prince just He's made the what he did <laughs> was he did take something that was public, which is why I was struggling to 
you know, have a clear opinion on it earlier. He took something public. Everybody knows an Instagram post that everyone's allowed to see. He made it bigger, and bigger. he put it into a space that, it, you know, by all perception of an art gallery, it elevates an object that you put in it. And for the 900th time, we're going to bring up the example of um, of the toilet. Yeah. So Who's it's that? the same thing. This guy's putting that proverbial toilet in a gallery because when you put an object in a gallery, it becomes art. So he puts this public object of an Instagram post. He blows it up, puts it on like some mat, some sort of mat uh, panel or whatever he used. And he hung it up on a wall curate with a curator oh the yeah he did it as said, a curator and he got the curators okay he got the galleries okay and because of that this normal banal thing we see all the time on the phone tr completely transforms and now we're in a realm of understanding where we we agree when we go to the show and we accept that as art we're agreeing with the concept that that duchamp uh created of putting a toilet in the space elevating this so so in a way the art and the instagram it, the art isn't about the art object it's just a copy of duchamp's idea again but the <laughs> but but the material is different the material is not a toilet it's just an instagram post so he's actually copying this thing that's been done so much didn't do anything different to the post except for make it bigger and put it in a gallery and put his name on it and put and put his name on it and perpetuated the same idea that's been done over and over and over he didn't do anything different to to the post in a way he was riding the value of the instagrammer and just conceptually biting duchamp doing nothing different <laughs> literally so there's there's another thing is uh when, when you dive into the conceptual art realm if we were to do Deschamps piece with put, the toilet uh, yeah the toilet put the urinal in the gallery with write our mutt on it as a fake signature if we were to do that I would consider that an original artwork because Duchamp's context was the gallery and our context is Duchamp's context in the gallery right <laughs> And like that's where it becomes difficult with with uh, originality. I think legally we wouldn't have a leg to stand on because the object is exactly the same. If you know, if it wasn't fair use, I'm pretty sure he's been dead long enough for it to be fair use. But like conceptually, I think it's different. I think as an art object, it would be original, not super original, not a very labored idea. Yeah, you but went like, full circle. Yeah, but I do think that that's like that's a different thing because of the historical context of it that's art about plagiarism yeah exactly yeah so it's a different content but in terms of copyright law that doesn't matter i hope that this episode has clarified to everyone why <laughs> gage and i think art is very funny and we're fucking re yeah <laughs> yeah um this is why the art pros exist here folks this is this is art school in a nutshell is the <laughs> Yeah, you're this sitting. Type of fucking conversation. This is the type of uh, conversation you could expect to have in one of the uh, educational. What do you? What do they call those non-studio classes at our school, like uh, seminar classes or whatever? Arguments. What? Yeah, something like that. It's not called anyway. Liberal arts classes. Yeah, 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 like where you learn about art history or like I, I took a class called capitalism, a uh, cr critique on capitalism or whatever. I took problem of evil where we spent the whole oh. time trying to trying to figure out what evil is. And we came to a whole big old nothing burger. One of my favorite ones was language and the limits of understanding. I didn't take the class, but my friend did. And I just <laughs> like mentally was there. I was like, dude. Yeah, I don't understand the fucking thing you're talking about, brother. <laughs> brother, this makes no goddamn Ooh. sense. So, <laughs> let's, yeah, you know, we already gave a, a good example about if we did the same thing, if we put the exact uh, uh, exact copy of that toilet and put a hat on it, <laughs> different too. You know what I mean? You can mix it up and you can, you can pull it off through the merit of concept. Concept, that's a... Uh, that's where we're at in the art world right now. We haven't we haven't evolved past that. Well, what if Petrachi dressed up and put on face makeup and pretended to be these artists, <laughs> like Max Ernst from the grave? 
see does that recontextualize his work um it makes it a more of a performance sure and if and he if he didn't hide and pretend that there were other people's artists yeah but if he did it in the confines of his own home without letting every, well, he was doing it while he was making the works. We're gonna kink shame this anyone. guy. We're gonna ruin his fetish of of wearing someone else's uh, intellectual skin. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, just a side note: since Petrachi's been released from jail, he's had multiple showings of his own artwork, oh the most God. expensive of which has sold for seventy-seven thousand dollars. See, this is why this is why art art gets this funny reputation this is why art sometimes feels like it's a big joke because there's here's this dude he's he's made millions by stealing people's legacies he's made millions from other people uh stealing other people's styles gets in trouble maybe on purpose maybe not gets famous gets out of jail then boom now he has a platform to sell his own work which to me looks unremarkable. Looks yeah. Very similar to the works he copied. But with his name on it. With his name on it. And then he starts generating his own money? What the fuck? <laughs> Yo, what is wrong with the art world in that situation? That's all that's all we're saying, folks. This whole thing, this whole topic about plagiarism covers all of the basis of the strange nature of the art world. And you know what else is weird? He only admitted to six of those forgeries. And if you were paying attention earlier, we said that he claims to have done over 56. So here, there's a bunch of people now out there with a fucking forgery made by some random guy that aren't admitting that it's fake. You well, know why? Because it's still, it'll, if they did, then they would be down $1 million that yeah. they paid for this painting. And not, they might not want to admit that. No, it, it, it's to keep the value. Actually, um, there's a phrase in the art world called theft by deception. Uh, so basically when you commit art crimes, there's a couple ways to steal. One of them is by destroying artwork. One of them is by forging artwork. Um, and the third is by stealing artwork. So like basically theft by deception. So stealing, forging, stealing. Yeah. So like stealing artwork, uh, you can replace that with a forgery or you can just go straight straight to the consumer and forge something and sell it. Either mm -hmm. way, it's basically, it's called theft by deception. And people estimate that between 20 and 50% of works on the planet from major names that are dead right now are forgeries. Whoa. Yeah. Some people claim that that's a little high, but you know, a good forgery, you really wouldn't be able to tell without yeah. like full forensic analysis. And like you said, where's the incentive for that? You're going to exactly. lose value. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, this, you know, we, we, we said it earlier, this guy was, uh, he had enough attention to detail to use the same amount, the same kind of pigments that this artist used in whatever century they were alive. And so, so that in case it, anyone did decide, I mean, he, you're talking about a million dollar product that this guy's selling. And as an appraiser, you might have some basic methods to check for that that aren't so expensive. Kind of like, you know, when, when you're out in the field, you get in trouble by the police and they want to check if you're high. They'll yeah. like give you a mouth swab test or something like that. They got those little kits. Yeah. Maybe an appraiser has a kit that checks. He's uh, a sommelier of art. Yeah, so maybe they could check how old the canvas <coughs> is. They could check how, uh, you know, the discoloration. What of type the, of linen. The, yeah, something like that. How did uh, Bertracci get caught? He got caught because he didn't, he used the type of white in an old painting that never existed. And if he's done 50 paintings knowing that that is a factor that can be checked, that's why there's suspicion that he might have done it on purpose. Because the argument is that, there are some serial killers who get so successful at it that they get bored and they get, you know, they want that recognition that they did it. So they send letters to the police officer. You can't catch me. I'm the BTK. I did it. Big titty and, killer. Yeah. So that in a way that that was like what people think he might have done. Yeah. Because he's like, dang, I'm too good at this. Does, uh, does this reveal like a larger issue in the art world? Because I think so. Let, let's say that um that Batracci never got caught, mm -hmm. and those paintings are so accurate of forgeries that they're essentially the same. They are made by by Max Ernst. They are made by Picasso. 
people be caring so much about an object that is identical in in spirit to another object but because it wasn't actually made by that person it's significantly undervalued i think that betrays the art world as a whole in that it's not about the art object it's about the value right exactly and i i find that to be a problem i think art should be about joy and like sharing ideas and not so much about whether or not someone made it who made it yeah that's an unfortunate byproduct of having a elite one percent trying to figure out ways to stretch their assets or whatever they want to do and, and i mean find value in 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 their their capital um and i mean it's not a stupid idea it just sucks when it gets corrupted in that way yeah where this guy is selling a fake and you accidentally bought a fake but then now you don't want to admit that it's a fake even though whether or not you know like even how do you even know you know you probably don't yeah if it's so good so there you know some people might know and some people might have no idea that this guy bill trachi sold him a fake drawing do you think they should become less valuable if it's faked um yeah i i think that that's the uh honest and fair way to to do that if if it's real like if it's proven to be fake well as you can see here i have a stick figure that i promise you was made by gerhard richter yeah and it looks for, just like it yeah so for just six billion dollars this can be yours you can have it in your house and you can tell people i own a richter mm -hmm. so why would it matter if it was a real richter or not if you believed it if you didn't know, well, you don't know it doesn't hurt you, you know? Yeah, unless you're trying to sell it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it provides evidence, and I don't know, maybe I'm just some dumb art artist who doesn't realize the grand scheme of things, but it definitely provides evidence that art is more akin to stocks than it is to uh, objects of importance, or it's about sure. the value of it. Sure, and I mean, even the... Even the importance of some some of these objects that are valued in like hundreds of million for hundreds of millions of dollars are are heavily contested right now because of the context of the history behind that artist a lot of people contest that some of the the value of these artists works should be uh more critically examined because in you know in history only a certain type of person was allowed to paint and a certain type of person had better access to selling that work cutting off a lot of black artists female artists asian artists and whatever so that that's that's a reasonable argument to look at the the value of something in art history but that doesn't change the art history yeah but that's why in terms Renz and i have proposed and officially endorsed the concept of universal basic clout in that anyone should have the clout and should come from the same background and have the same opportunities to uh, sell their work, <sighs> have the same popularity. Man, so we've covered we've covered a lot. <laughs> we've covered a lot. We're we're looking we're looking at plagiarism. We're looking at what it means. We're looking at why why it's bad to steal other people's property. We're looking at what it means to steal another person's property when you're looking at it in the context of art. And we're looking at what that means for your clout. You know, like how can you be affected by this? And you, you know, if, if you had a means to have a set base amount of clout, you wouldn't really need to worry about all this. Yeah. You probably wouldn't even need to listen to us right now because you'd have so much, you know, clout income coming in guaranteed every month uh that you can you know pretty much find your own means to to be happy and learn maybe you wouldn't even need to go to school or you wouldn't even need art pros academy anymore oh now that you say or, that i'm against universal basic cloud so you're saying yeah. that if if everyone had enough then maybe some industries wouldn't uh be able to thrive if they were based on helping people get an equitable representation yeah. Yeah. So, probably. so maybe we should be, maybe we should act like we're for universal basic clout, but then when the opportunity arises, be against it because we'll lose our jobs. 
I don't know. It's a it's a weird concept. <laughs> Universal basic anything is a weird concept when it's just getting plugged into a system of capitalism which is based on incentive. Yeah. So yeah. if you take away incentive capitalism that's like a little bit of a bug in capitalism's code, if yeah. you will. Well that don't I think that would only happen like if you had universal basic clout, I don't think that the incentive to get more clout would be removed unless everyone was only allowed to have the same amount of clout. Not everyone got a base level of clout and then you had the opportunities to gain more clout should you wish. It just sounds like welfare rebranding, you know? A yeah. Bit. Yeah, I think so. But what if what if we Well, do we have any clout welfare programs right now? Um right now? Um I don't know. Bachelor's Is degrees. It... Uh, high school oh, high school oh. diplomas. Yeah. Well, uh, but you still have to earn it. You still have to go and do it. True. They don't just like mail you one if you <laughs> automatically when you're born. So is there or when you turn 18 they mail you one? Well, what if we stopped looking at uh like basic clout as being something that's given to you and we look at basic clout as being the baseline of your clout value? So like instead of looking at someone's clout value baseline as zero, you look at their clout value baseline as a thousand because simply by merit of existing, they should be worth at least a thousand clout a month. Or you could just sign up and when you sign up for a new social media, you just get a automatic follower. Like someone yeah. gives you 10,000 10, fake followers or something, a thousand fake followers a month. I like that. Or or maybe the algorithm and the SEOs are are more advantageous to you, or not advantageous, but friendlier. Yeah, maybe to a beginner. Maybe yeah, maybe the newer you are, the less clout you have, the more opportunity you get. Or maybe like um, a free marketing service, like like or something like that. I don't know. I don't know, man. The issue of clout in the cloud economy is just so difficult. I mean, and this is something that artists have to face all the time is how do I get more clout? Without stealing the cloud. Yeah. Without plagiarizing somebody to get more clout. Exactly like Beltrachi did. So Beltrachi's objects were original. That's like what makes it so hard is like his objects were original, but if we're on on the subject of originality, he wasn't original. Well his objects weren't exactly original though the i mean nothing like them existed before all it had well, was a signature it, the style existed before and the person who made the artwork in that style existed before but he just made it the the original thing is the um content within the style or made through the style so i don't think it's a hundred percent original Damn. but he did make an original fake style Fuck. or original fake piece well he's not even an og forger like forgeries have existed forever people yeah. people yeah. have thought that fucking da vinci's paintings were forgeries or that the mona lisa we attribute to da vinci was by one of his followers like all of that shit is uh still suspect yeah well you know uh beltracci did something on uh very smart though maybe he got himself caught on purpose to steal clout more yeah. clout which is he did successfully because nobody was buying beltrachis back then no nah, they were buying ernst no. they're yeah. buying picasso they're buying his fakes yeah they're buying art from people he faked and now that you know his name pops up his name was probably all over the news oh my god this guy's been selling these fakes for years and years then boom free marketing once he gets out maybe 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 he's still doing bad things you know what i mean maybe he's like i'll forge you something yeah you know he's probably I mean? pretty good yeah i i think i like beltracci because the thing is is he's not taking jobs from living artists all he's doing is pulling one over on major institutions who can afford to buy these expensive paintings anyways the ultimate finesse king in the art world yeah dude Steal, he's robin hooding well maybe he's robin i don't know how much money he's giving to other people <laughs> no, he seems like a very like you know whatever i consider it a, a low a low harm crime you know I mean, a hundred million dollar valuation, like he did create, he didn't steal those objects. Like he made them 
and he, he convinced someone to buy them and it just so happened he convinced them through fraudulent means but he didn't take jobs <laughs> from artists that already exist unless those artists were other forgers you know what i'm saying like beltrachi is not that bad maybe that's why he only got a three-year sentence and for those three years he was only in prison at night him and his wife <laughs> were allowed to go out and work at a photo studio, probably forging Taking artworks. pictures of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like, Look how cool I am. I just fucking finesse the art world. Yeah. He's, he finessed the 1%, man. I mean, I don't got a huge problem with it. Now, if he starts forging like rent, like the Art Pros podcast, maybe I'll feel differently. But only if we're dead, <laughs> I don't care. If anything, I'd be happy someone was making art in my name. See, what if that's how he rebranded? He was like, listen. Like, you know how fucking uh, people put out, like, Tupac hologram shows and Michael Jackson hologram shows? Yeah. What if he branded himself like that? He's like, look, I'm not stealing their art. All I'm doing is I'm adding to their collection of works new content for you guys to enjoy. As long as Bill Trachi doesn't have the nerve to steal those drowning paintings with hats on them, <laughs> I'm good, man. Because then you're stealing from me, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. If you steal from me, it's a problem. Yeah. Well, like, you know, don't just... It's, not, it's, it's just comical, man. It's funny. This is a story. The story doesn't suck for, for people like us because we're trying... You know, we, in, in, I, I don't know if this is true, but I wouldn't, I would be very happy if I was as famous as somebody that could sell their works for 10. I mean, I'm not dead yet. Yeah. We so, still have time. We still have time. So it doesn't matter to me. To die, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if I could, I don't have a big opinion on this Biltrachi guy, except I think that he's an ultimate finesser. Um, oh, one thing I read on Wikipedia said that uh, <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> funny. He he had a gallery back in the in the eighties, and he started it with one a business partner, and they had a falling out because his business partner claimed that Bill Trotti was stealing paintings from his house. And <laughs> of course, Bill Trotti denies it. It's just so funny how it goes full circle like that. Yeah, true. He was yeah. like, "Oh well, if I can't steal it, I'll just make it." It's like a drug addict who inadvertently likes meth so much that they start cooking meth. That was, yeah, that was his day, his time, his moment of inspiration. He's like, this guy's trying to catch me stealing his works. I don't need to steal his works anymore. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm good enough to paint him myself, man. <laughs> what if he stole the works and then when the guy was like, hey, you need to return that, he painted an exact copy and then gave it, gave that to him. Oh, finesser the ultimate finesser he still has that guy's art yeah a real copy <laughs> apparently like when he was a teenager he copied a uh, picasso really well and didn't really see the value of it until later in life maybe after that moment he was like dang i, I could keep this if i just copy. <laughs> <laughs> i could keep all these dope paintings yeah. if i just do and labor over an exact copy of it hell yeah i had a friend in high school who like would get hired by her dad's friends to paint uh like copies of of salvador dali paintings like exact copies or as close as she could get and like they paid her money it's pretty cool yeah i would do it yeah i would too i wouldn't put my name on it unless it was or i wouldn't put their name on it unless it was really good yeah i would i wouldn't put the other person's name on it i would try to find a way to make it very clear that this person hired me to make a master copy this is my master copy because i've made copies of art before like i said by studying you know through my art curriculum i mean even even in the curriculum it's okay to copy copy an artwork if you don't pretend it's not yours i mean for you musicians out there you musicians uh haven't you done covers before when you do a cover, do you try and do an exact copy or do you throw your own spin on it? I mean, it, there's different applications of the copying process that are relevant in art. And it doesn't make you unoriginal unless you try and sell it as your own. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of old, tired, dead horse examples we could give, like Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not in middle school. This is this is a higher education art pros uh, academy content we, we should uh learn forgery and then teach it at art pros academy i bet that's very <laughs> like you know how like most art right now from all the really cool artists is basically just memes yeah 
Yeah, should we start teaching like meme forgery? Meme forgery? Oh, you know, um, on that note, I did. I don't know if anybody else has seen this, uh, but interns uh, recently Instagram deleted a bunch of meme accounts that were reposting other people's memes. No shit, really? Yeah, and a bunch. I I read a few articles where those people that got their accounts deleted, like most of them were teenagers. They're crying about it because they were saying like, oh no, I was making thousands of dollars a month from this account <laughs> and now it's gone. Instagram, they can't do that. I was just repo. Well, that's the freaking problem, dude. Well, they were curating the memes without permission. Why don't though. they take fuck Jerry down then? Yeah, true. You know what I mean? They didn't take fuck Jerry down. And that's the thing is like, I, like memes are an art object essentially, but they're, it's also important for disseminating an idea. And I think that, like, that starts to infringe on, on free speech. Like, because, like, let's say you're sharing memes about, like, your issues with the economy. And then, like, like Instagram can take that down as, like, oh, you stole this meme. When really what they're doing is, like, oh, it was a meme critical of Instagram. And they just had an easy opportunity to take it down. Well, Under see the guise of something else. Outside of completely reposting other person's memes... The interesting thing about memes in general is that the format is supposed to be copied. Yeah. Like, originally, you remember those memes against the weird, colorful, like, pinwheel background, and it has, like, a dog on it. Yeah. It has a, a setup at the top and a punchline at the bottom in yeah. impact font with black outline. Bottom text. But, yeah, so, <laughs> so now it's transformed into a screenshot with a white border with a regular aerial text at the bottom yeah like you just put the, and you know it's transformed a whole lot but people are supposed you're supposed to copy the format and that's why it's funny what about the concept of the deep fried meme oh no that's just trolling a yeah little bit. you know it's it's a little bit of trolling a little bit of finesse a little bit of throwback it gets, you know, it's a different recipe. So those of you who don't know what a deep fried meme is, basically that's when you take a meme or a meme object that's so that's been reposted so many times that like the actual so like when you when you download and save a JPEG, it loses a little bit of quality every time you do that. So when you continue to do that over and over and over and over again, it starts to look shittier and shittier and shittier. Like think of like washing a pair of blue jeans in the washer. It loses a little bit of, of blue dye like oh, like over time. It's basically yeah. that, but like taken to the farthest extent. Dude. That's original and it comes only from copying. I like that. All right, let me ask you a question then. We're getting, we're, we're past an hour. So, um... Do you like uh, do you like Panda Express? I love Panda Express. Panda Express is like the deep fried meme, <laughs> and the original meme is like going to Sichuan, China, and eating the real food. True, true. You just copy it over and over again until you find a way to make it uh, look enough alike, still good, still funny, still like it. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how shitty it is. But it's still Panda Express. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much diarrhea you get from it. Hey, the next day. hey, hey, hey. I get diarrhea from Subway. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Jared sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! All right, you, All right. I think we've covered a lot. I thought it was a pretty informative episode. Yeah. I, it, look, see, I started out very confused in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, um, 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 uh. now look, I'm hyped. I could keep going where I could go Rogan levels right now. Nah, let's not do but that. But we're not getting yeah, paid we'll kill people. Yeah. <laughs> They'll, 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 you know, we don't want an episode so long that people will die in the middle of it. So, man, all right. Should we plug ourselves again? You think Let's they got close that? Close it out. I think people know know uh, where to find this by now. If they were, if they made it this far, I, I do want to ask, request something. Please, if you actually do like this podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell people that you think might like it or might hate it hate's good for the brand too we're just trying to uh <laughs> keep making these things and having people listen to them we found out last week we have more listeners than we thought but not as many as we could have in the future so just keep that in mind i'm happy that people like it i'm happy that people are listening all the way to it uh the ha handful of listeners that we want uh but really our our end goal is to make way more stuff for people to consume 
We want to take over the world. No. Yeah. More than this podcast. We want to make more sick posts. But those sick posts, they take a little bit of time. And we also work in the art. We call ourselves the art pros because we work. We're working professional artists working in the art sector here in our city. So, um, yeah, the more income we have, the more we can make. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Hey, how about this? How about you email my boss? Tell them how great I'm getting your raise. <laughs> and then I, I probably make more content then too. Yeah, get Renz a raise. Ask, so specifically ask my boss to pay me more and have me work less. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. So my, my boss's email is boss at renzesjob.com. Yeah, I've been having the same issue. You can email my boss, Gage's boss at renzesjob.com. <laughs> It's it's super unfortunate because I've been like doing better at my job, and for some reason that means I have to do even more work. Yeah, right. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't. Until you get un- until you get to the very top where you do no work ever... and make the most. You ever heard that concept of like people fail upwards, where it's like you basically you do when you're good at your job, they give you promotions and they keep giving you promotions until you're not good at your job anymore. And that's why people (laughs) at like high levels of management are incompetent. Ah, man. Don't you just love the trickle down theory where the Jared sauce is just trickling down on everyone. (sighs) All right. I love you guys. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.